Welcome to the Blooming League of Original Podcasts. G'day and welcome to the 18th edition of Thrush and Treasure, the torture chamber musical comedy podcast that comes of age, so that means we can legally now drive you crazy. Speaking of crazy, I'm Aaron, the village idiot, and I'm joined, as usual, by the living embodiment of Dr. Zayas, my co-host Gareth. How you doing this week? I'm doing fantastic. I've just got a little job to do first. I have to Google Dr. Zayas to find out whether that was a compliment or um, not. So You don't know Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, ooh, Dr. Zayas from The Simpsons? No. No? Planet of the Apes? Well, I remember Planet of the Apes. There we go. So there was no music in well, it. Well, okay, obviously no music in it. So that was their musical version on The Simpsons, but there is an orangutan. Oh, I see. Yes. All right, then. Yeah, there we go. All right, well, obviously that was too deep of a cut. It was a deep cut. You went Simpsons and I just blanked because I, I literally, I don't think I've watched The Simpsons for 30 years. Well, I don't bloody know that Simpsons are everywhere. <laughs> Shit. Like I said, I've got about five quotes from The Simpsons and they're all probably from the first three series. Anyway. Well, let me guess. Dole, eat my shorts, <laughs> I carumba, Marge going, mm, and thank you, come again. Uh, and you don't make friends with salad. Which is literally my favourite one. Oh, yeah, of course. You don't make friends with bloody salad. Shit. I love that song. Don't make friends with salad. We've got a guest. Okay, so, well, obviously, cat's out of the bag now. We have a guest this week. What? Aha. Uh-huh. We have a master debater in the house. She's my best friend, my confidant, and my most honest critic. And when she's not moving across Australia, you can hear her arguing all things RuPaul's Drag Race on the Bloop Network show Drag Race Debates, where she has qualified for the epic season one grand final. But today, she's here to talk music with us so please give a warm torturous g'day to Mimi Kaka otherwise known as Lara welcome to the show honey thank you very much for coaxing me onto another show (laughs) (laughs) that's all right anytime thank you for joining us today if you'd settled into your new house getting there not far off uh being settled although it always takes some time like my mother always likes to say it usually takes two years to settle in somewhere properly yeah i can see that getting to know the lay of the land and all that but speaking of settled i don't mean to uh change the subject but if you've been following our twitter in the past couple of weeks you'll know that i uh had a little bit of a meltdown when the walt disney corporation decided to serve me they uh sent me an email saying that i'm being sued for copyright infringement what the hell over my play called a and his magic lamp which the clue right there different title wow i mean different character names and all that but anyways look it's both of you know it's been quite a fucked up week it's stressful i've I've had this lingering over me plus you know obviously a few other things that you guys know about that's been happening Mm. that i really didn't need i really did not need to wake up and well even then i stopped working and checked my email and and there was disney suing me um, it's since been withdrawn, so that's good. I'm glad of that, and I don't know if it was a mistake or an algorithm or what, but you're supposed to be the biggest fucking company in the fucking world. Do your research, <laughs> plain and simply. I mean, I'm a loser sitting at home doing this podcast, and I can do my research for anything we're going to be talking about for crying out loud. Uh, so anyways... I literally don't understand, and this is Disney being Disney because they are shit. And I've got a Disney rat later, but that's okay. Um, They did 
didn't Aladdin's not even their story. I mean, Aladdin has been that story's been told for hundreds of years, and then all of a sudden they turn it into a cartoon and they and they own the story. Nah. Like okay, so they own their characters, the songs and designs and all that, which I kind of spent my whole life studying this sort of thing. Uh, so it's not as if I've just woken up one day and decided, oh, I'm gonna write my own fucking version of Aladdin, and oh, I'm gonna make it as exactly like the Disney version because I'm a fan of that. No, that's what a moron does. That's what these fucking... I'm not going to go there. Anyways, you know, mine was absolutely completely different. I made sure of that. It had its own mythology. It was set in its own world and its own island that has all these other stories connected to it that Disney hasn't done, full stop. The only thing I can think of is that they might have wanted to do a TV series or a spin-off film and were looking at that name, Aladdin and His Magic Lamp, But still, like, that's even a long shot because that title already exists. Yeah. So they have no right to come after me for that because this was four years ago that that I put that out and it's only been the past couple of years that they've been talking about these Aladdin sequels and stuff. Uh, But anyways, so, yeah, that's since been settled, which is a huge weight lifted off my shoulder and and thank you both you know for for being there because i might have lost my mind i know where you're at but i'm starting to wonder i've got my two favorite people here and it's not my birthday is this an intervention (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't know why okay good all right so i reckon we should move on and get on with the show Mm. unless anyone else has any grievances speak now or forever hold your peace I got um I got sent to the naughty corner on Twitter for and I got a I got a takedown notice email. Oh yeah, I saw that from uh some copyright holder who holds the copyright to the Village People YMCA. Yeah, good on ya. So I can't I can't remember what the tweet was, but I obviously linked to uh, oh you know what I did. This is what, what did I did. You do? Someone tweeted a video of you know the the Proud Boys and all those knuckleheads in the in the US with their you know their silly little get ups with their with their guns and their small dicks gi joe clothes i took the i took the video someone had tweeted the video i took the video and i put ymca over the top of it the village people song uh, and made and turned it very gay yeah about six months ago though so all of a sudden the other day <laughs> i get a i get a takedown notice as a breach of copyright for using um for using the music and then twitter sent me to the naughty corner so i had to um get myself out of naughty corner yeah so there you go don't don't use the village people because they will come <laughs> after Well, it looks you. like we're both in a bit of trouble this week, so hopefully the music we've given each other hasn't been any trouble at all. <laughs> so how about we move on okay. and we get stuck into the music now? Mm. Are we start? Are we starting with metal because this is awesome? Yeah, I guess. Well, I'm hosting, so might as well. Fantastic. Uh, for those at home, this week you gave me a band called Man Hour. <laughs> I gave you a band called Man War, and again, none of your jokes land. No, man hour. Man hour. Yes, please. <laughs> Jeez, I'd bloody settle for man minute at the moment, I tell ya. <laughs> Shit. Anyways, moving on. Would you like to hear my review? Alright. When I first saw the cover, I said, Whoa, man, that's like the most metal thing I've ever seen. <laughs> You're a lying sack of shit. That's what I said last week. Yeah, that's what they say. Mediocre minds think alike. <laughs> Anyways. And so I leaned in for a closer... Ouch! They poked my eyes out. <laughs> And instantly, I wondered what sort of sadistic bastard would send a single homo of the sexuals an album with this cover costuming choices. I mean, I've been to parties that look like this. 
only the long hair was protruding out of the back instead. <laughs> so I grabbed the tissues and pressed play and was instantly transported to an Alabama monster truck rally circa 1988 and sadly not a Texan leather bear party in 2021. Mmm, yum. Speaking of which, upon hearing the titular opening track, this album tasted like Tiger Joe knocked his beer into the ashtray while falling face first into his faded future futon, mustered enough energy and strength to balance and tip the beer back into the bottle before passing out face first into an empty bowl of barbecue ribs, only then wake up several hours later and finish the stale beer and as the air punchy carry on plays, old Tiger Joe does exactly that and does it all over again. <laughs> Otherwise known as Aaron on a second date. I'm kidding, I've never actually been on a second date. <laughs> anyway, speaking of carry-on, this stadium anthem for the Tabletop Nerd Brigade was sadly not the Martha Wash song of the same name. However, upon hearing it 20 times, I must have washed myself 40 times each. Violence and bloodshed reminded me of my youth, but only in name. Lyrically and musically, it invoked irritable bowel syndrome. But then, <laughs> the album turned a corner with Defender, where the first half echoed of the soundtrack to a Kiss and Metallica orgy. The second half feels more like Leonard Cohen narrating infighting between members of Metallica, all serious and poetic with a sudden sprechersung, which turned into a whiny sook about daddy issues. And I know a little bit about daddies. <laughs> Defender was an odd song, which sounded like I was being sold feminine hygiene products in 1991. Which is great, because now I'm confident that I can go about my day and nobody will know. <laughs> but overall, I don't know how to feel. The cover made me feel ugly and single, whereas the more upbeat songs in the first half lightened my mood and inspired me to ride a wild cougar over a bolt of lightning. Her name was Susan. <laughs> but the second half felt like the Grim Reaper sings the blues. Three stars. Wow. But but because my Mimi Kaka is here, I'm feeling less mean than usual. But still, fuck you, Gareth. Three and a half stars. <laughs> Out of All right, you're that's happy? a really high score. <laughs> And no, it had nothing to do with the fucking pictures for crying out loud. Three and a half stars. Wow. So that's... Wow. That were fun, campy songs. I like the first half, but not the second half at all, really. I didn't expect you to like any of it. Really? Well, no, I didn't want to like it. I sort of felt like you had deliberately given me this fucking homoerotic album to rub in my face, which I know you did. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, nah. That's not fucking cool. I can't go anywhere mm. at the moment. I, I can't hook up with any guys. I want to catch fucking COVID. You did an absolute nasty on me. I did a nasty. <laughs> yeah. I did. And it was a last It was a last minute nasty. Yeah, you and um, Andy. Don't worry, you'll get yours. <laughs> Both of you. Yeah. Fuck. It was, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, anyways, carry on. The, the problem with, well, not really the problem. I guess what I kind of liked about this album is that every song sold me a different product <laughs> one song okay. i'm being sold deodorant another song i'm being sold gym equipment the next song i'm being sold a can-do attitude there was just so <laughs> many different sounds that were very familiar to me from my childhood in terms of the the commercials we used to have back then the songs weren't as lively and boppy they were a little bit somber you know a little bit darker I don't know if you remember those uh, coffee commercials. I with, don't know. 
Anthony Stewart had, of all people, six degrees of coffee. Anyways, uh, th- those weren't lively commercials. That wasn't a lively romance. That was quite somber and, and subtle. And that's kind of like... And, and those solo ads where the, the guy would go over the waterfall, that was pretty... A little bit darker than, than what you would get today. Right. Uh, so essentially, mm. this album sold me solo. I wanted solo all through this album, I guess. Uh, but you put on carry on and just listen to the the music and listen to the the attitude behind it and i can totally see that with a narration carry on incontinence pads for the senior citizen on the go <laughs> um can you see that no it doesn't. no serious come on it's right there in the music it's got that vibe to it only only you could make that link my god I've definitely found the whole Let- album quintessential American 80s. Like, I just yeah. found it was, like, totally giving me those vibes. Mm. The drum was, like, really amazing. The electrics, the guitar was fantastic. But definitely not my style of music. Mm. Definitely not. Funnily enough, I was totally thinking, like, I was getting those full-on Conan vibes, you know, like Arnold's version mm. of Conan. Yes, yeah. And they're pulling yeah. it off well. I mean, obviously, mm. it's in that time anyway, written and released in that in the 80s. But mm. still, it's just, it, you totally get those vibes from it. So yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I reckon my favourite song was probably carry on yeah, i know it's like it's catchy. A bit weird but yeah it's just it's a cute song oh, I probably <laughs> cute. Up and manly <laughs> oh this yeah this this album came out in 1987 interestingly the the part of defender that you hated was orson wells that was his um his voiceover the late great orson, orson wells what, yeah wait, did i know that Hang on. I read something recently there was an actor who did a voiceover or something for an album and then it, it was just a demo uh, and then no, he this, died and the, then it, the proper Orson, one was released was that Yeah, it is. Orson Welles recorded it for the demo version and before he died and this this was released after Yes, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. No, see I am awake. <laughs> see? At least I pay attention. You were you were paying attention to that one. Yeah. This was an album when Manowar's one of those bands you either love them or hate them. There's no in between. And in the metal world, they they're kind of ridiculed. Oh yeah, I can see why. By the, you know, the elitist metalheads because they're just so over the top. Oh yeah. And they dorks. Yeah, and they kind of do the, their own thing. I mean, they put out nine songs two of them are filler i mean one's a one's kind of a drum solo which is amazing scott columbus drums are, are very very cool and their master of revenge is just this kind of master of revenge it's just weird you know a minute and a half of of nothing so yeah nine in nine tracks they they put two tracks of filler in there so you 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 kind of you didn't really get a lot of well, you got bang for your buck, but you didn't get. Um, it was kind of over before it began, and then you'd then you'd start again. So yeah, from what I can see, two tracks is what's filling out those cod pieces. <laughs> a bit, a, yeah. Know. Um, I can totally see myself though getting hella wasted with a whole heap of friends and just rocking out to their mm, music though. Mm. Even though it's not my style, I can totally see like you know starting to make fun. Bopping along with my head and everything yep. else, but then it turning into yeah, I'm actually kind of enjoying rocking out to this music right now. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I can totally say that. You'd need some leather pants for that though. Yeah, yeah, or you know, oh, stretching up in leather pants. At least some chaps. Yeah, chaps. No, definitely leather chaps. I've got long hair. That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have I ever seen you with long hair? Only ever had long hair. 
Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I haven't seen you in bloody two years, so give me a break. I usually just always have it up, though, because it actually bothers me and makes I'm me done. really warm when I've got my hair on my neck. But, I mean, like, no, this, this man-hour-type long hair. Have I ever seen you with that? Man-hour-long hair. Maybe not down to my bottom. Mm. Yeah, no, I didn't think so. I do pay attention. Uh, but anyway, um... enough about hair length. It's kind of a boring conversation. <laughs> yeah. really... Yes, let's cut the hair conversation. But um, it's all about blow your speakers. At least something's getting blown. <laughs> and I guess it's not hard to blow your speakers when you're a band made up of blowhards. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, three. You know, three and a half stars out of five. That's that's like seriously three stars more than I expected. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Really? But I'm not mean like you. I'm not. That's not. That's not even true. <laughs> that is so far from the. So far. Yeah, and it was a it was a last minute thing. And the reason I did it is because we were kind of stuck in the eighties with the with the last episode. And this see, this this I loved when this album came out. I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I I bought it and I think I said I said this before. I bought it based on the on the cover. I had no idea. You did, you said of course I, you did. It was in the it was in the metal section in a on cassette and I bought it and I went, This is this has got to be great because look how metal the cover is. And um, yeah. there it was. And it was. It was very metal. Yeah, but that's kind of not surprising when the, the cover's so incredibly cliche metal. Like, it, it really is. Oh, yeah. And and obviously, I, I saw a couple of the variations with... Yeah. You know, some had skeletons and others, you know, I can't even remember now. Uh, they were very similar. Depending yep. on the country of release, I imagine. Yeah, yep. would have been re-releases and mm. international releases and all that jazz. Yep. But no, it's another popular band that i'd never heard of and i think my brother would have might have liked these guys back in the uh, late 80s early 90s but not so much my sister uh but my brother would have but you know i'd, I'd never heard of them but i don't mind a good man hour yes the enduring joke yep the drinks are 10 percent dearer than ladies hour but anyways <laughs> yes it it's a weird thing when you look back now as a metal fan and i look back in the 80s and the what we were listening to and what we were looking at and the sort of album covers and it just you know it screams homoeroticism and none of and no one no one got it yeah no nah, i don't need that shit sorry <laughs> could do without the cover could do without the rubbing it in my face it's all right for you guys but you know i'm the unlikable one no i'm i'm just as as usual I'm just a little bit, little bit disappointed you didn't hate it more, and and pleasantly surprised that you didn't hate it at all. So, <laughs> it's it's I'm I, I I'm torn every year every week. I'm torn about what I what I want. Yeah, and I did I have I have met the guitarist Ross the Boss, and he's a he's a really nice guy. Doesn't look anything like he does on the on the album cover. No. Oh, <laughs> having having you said mean that, not I, anymore. Not okay. anymore. No, not anymore. I'm not sure if he ever if he ever. Did. There's a fair bit of airbrushing going on there. So, um, did he ever buy pants? Well, this is a thing. They, this is what these guys they go on stage dressed like that. You know, the the six pack not quite as prominent, but that's what the hats how they performed. Jeez, don't sound so judgy, Gareth. We've all been there at one point in our career. <laughs> Christ. And you know, and, and it's yeah, yeah. That, I think that's that's probably why they're such a sort of a, a jarring band because they. You know, they were they were serious about the metal, so and 
and leather leather chaps and you know cod pieces. Well, it doesn't yeah. surprise me when you run around looking like mm. bloody clowns. You sort of expect mm. the music to be a little bit weird. Look, look at Kiss, mm. right? Mm. If you mm. look at the the image of Kiss and then hear the music, suddenly that that dichotomy yep. is that the right word? Yeah. Suddenly that makes sense. Mm. You know that juxtaposition that they work together, they complement each mm. other. And that's kind of what Man Hour does, in a way. It does. Kind of. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all, you know, it's all very serious swords and sorcery and all that sort of thing. So, yeah. And 40-year-old virgins. <laughs> yeah. So much of that. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, if there's any listening, my DMs are always open. Anyways, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Moving on. Yeah. Aim high. Yeah. Um, we, should, we should move on because this yes. is only half a podcast. Yeah, I think we can close up Shop on Metal this week. Uh, we're going to take a quick ad break. We're going to hear from our friends and sponsors. Back in a moment with Mimi Kaka. Coming this summer, winter, spring or fall, the first ever musical theatre sitcom where you go behind the scenes of the latest West End show, The Fosse Forest Ballet. Where's the important stuff? Aha! A thousand pound a week ensemble rate. Ah, that's what Mamma Mia likes. Starring Philip Joel and a West End cast featuring Carrie Alice, Darren Day, Louise Demon, and Oliver Saville, and more. It all started in 1987 when I was a jobbing actress working in a diner. Yeah, it's just I, I had a really bad experience when I was touring Australia with a wombat. <gasps> Darling! I've been mentoring you. Three months? Two years. So her name is Henrietta. The horse. Yes. I've managed to secure you an audition for the biggest, most innovative, and the latest show to be going into the West End. Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat. Think more along the lines of Pant. Frozen. You can watch this episode for the price of a coffee. Simply go to www.thefussyforestbelly.com. Any and all profits go back to theatre charities, acting for others, and the theatre's trust. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you'll see a grown man in sparkly tights. Tight nights. Nice. Tights. And we're back with Thrush and Treasure, the only podcast stupid enough to pit musical theatre against heavy metal. I'm your host for today, Aaron. That's Gareth. That's our guest, Lara. We're going to jump straight into the musical section. Now, I gave you an album this week, didn't I, Gareth? Would you like to tell the folks at home what that was? Yes, I would. I was really, I'm really, really, really excited about this one. You gave me Once on This Island. Yeah. The... New Broadway cast recording, mm-hmm. and it is a musical. It, it is, is a, musical. a musical. It is a musical. It is so musical. There couldn't it couldn't be more. What's the word I'm looking for? Cliched. I honestly, I listened to this one while I was mowing the lawn, and sadly, I've got an electric lawnmower, so I didn't drown it out. So I heard every song at least twice. And it's a what did I write down? It is without jumping to the end. It sounded like The Lion King if it was mashed up with Aladdin and then put in a dose of Cinderella by Disney because only Disney can just make things so sickly sweet and and 
overly um, mawkish and, you know, it's just everything about this musical reminds me why I don't like musicals. From the, the, like the story is we got this, this cute little girl and she lives on one half of the island and it's all, you know, it's all ruled by gods and the other, and, and she's just a poor little black girl. And then these, like these white people that live on the other side of the island and they've just got all the money and, you know, and she wants to go there and just hang out with them and try and pull herself out of her, you know, what she was born into. Mm. And it just went on and on and on. And I really, really, I gave it probably four listens trying to find something in there that was redeeming and I found absolutely nothing. I thought, why did they why did they reprise this? They should have just left it. Nah. Just leave it alone. It's just this story's been done a hundred million times. There's nothing original about it. It's it's like no. I get it was I th- I'm honestly I'm gonna say this one, Aaron. This is the worst musical you've ever given me. What? That's racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is horrible. I was I went looking and I was actually surprised that this wasn't a Disney production because it's it's got that whole Disney thing about it. It was just like, yeah. Don't Disney want to adapt it though? Don't they want to turn it into oh, one of theirs? I bet they do. Well, they're supposedly doing the film version for Disney+. Plus. There you go. But like we talked about with Aladdin, Disney take these fairy tale stories and do their own version. This musical by Lynn Ahrens and Stephen Flaherty is... <laughs> The Little Mermaid. That's the story of it. Uh, it's just been changed to be humans and not a mermaid. It's a little girl that was brought there by the gods, or she was saved by the gods. Sorry, um, mm. the four of them. Mm. And anyways, it's it's very much about classism and yep. I guess you know, probably a lot of ways uh, racial discrimination and all that. The differences between it's elitism and, and and all that sort of stuff. But in the original story. The Little Mermaid dies, right? She gets turned into sea foam. <laughs> and in this story, Timon doesn't survive. And someone like me who doesn't like romances, I'm like, yes, please give me more of that. I don't want no fucking Disney sappy uh, endings. I and the, Show the, me how it really is because we all know that one of them the, is going to die the at the end. The gods go in there and they, they send her in there to kill, you know, what's his name, with a with a knife. And I'm like, oh, this is just wrong. It's just wrong. Anyway, why did a little, you know, I didn't get that. I didn't understand that bit at all. Yeah, I don't think that's Timon that's trying to stab him. She's supposed to kiss him or something. I don't know. I haven't actually seen it on stage. However, um, what about the performances? No, do you know what? Come on. Okay. Haley Kilgore, she absolutely kills it. I mean, okay, there is this whole trope in musical theatre, this whole, oh, I'm young and I'm bright and beautiful and my life is ahead of me but I want my life to begin so my life's going to begin when I sing this song and the story's going to start and we go along (laughs) I'm sick of it I'm fucking sick of that trope however and and I I did know the original 1990 I think it was um with Le Chan's uh pronunciation I'm, I'm a bit unsure of however I, I i knew her version and the music was a little bit drowned out compared to how clear it is in and and crisp in this recording anyways Haley kilgore's voice she fucking nails yeah. this that rendition on this on this album is 
magnificent. Mm. And when I first heard that uh, recently, because I hadn't hadn't heard this new CD up up until now. Oh my god, fantastic! Like and, and Alex Newell and Leah Salonga and uh, the rest of the cast. Uh, um, Mel Dandridge, who is absolutely beautiful, uh, absolutely gorgeous, and she's playing Papa Gee, the 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 uh, the god of death of all characters. Um, yeah, no, the the performances. I like, threw I- myself straight away with this one because I looked at it and once on this island and I had it on Spotify and I was, you know, just had my headphones in. It straight away I thought once on this island, I'm thinking like South Pacific Islands. And then their accents, mm-hmm. I'm like, what are these well, accents they're, they're using? These are not South Pacific Islanders. This is Yeah, they're in the Caribbean. That was my fault. Sorry. That and I did no and I did discover that they're in the Caribbean. So after raging for the whole thing for an hour and ten minutes in my head about their about their accents, I then discovered it was the Caribbean and it all made sense. So I had a whole yes. rant about that that I just had literally had to put a line through because that was my yeah. stupid fault for listening to you. The performances on this one didn't grab me because they just sounded it just sounds so kind of you know, like last last week you you said that every song sounded the same. With uh, with the album that we the metal album. Oh my god! Every song was the fucking same. <laughs> this it is didn't what... sound the same. It was the exact same song. This is when I'm listening to this. That's all I'm hearing. This this sounds. There is nothing for me. There is nothing interesting about this. It just sounds so. This is the is that musical theatre sound. It's the performance. It's the delivery. And it, it's just oh god. Can, give me something original. I want to I want to go back to assassins or anything the prom or anything anything that but this i'm kind of surprised i was sort of expecting you to at least like the music like the music is really good maybe not the story no. or the uh, the lyrics no no it, it sounded all it's just twee and twinky and no yeah see oh. i no, this... agree with gareth as well like i found yes. the whole thing quite cliche like, and you can come back any time. Like love, I <laughs> love only, you. Both races. <laughs> um, the only thing, though, that I kind of mm. did appreciate was the fact that it was set somewhere not in a European country or mm. not in an American country or something like that. You mm. know what I mean? It was like yeah. somewhere that was a, like a little bit further removed. So that was kind of nice um, to a certain extent. Well, and then the, the other white thing, people. Yeah. I'll agree with you, Aaron, that that. <laughs> That voice was actually probably a really nice voice. I don't know that the others really captivated me as much as the main star. But the other thing as well is I kept getting Timon and Pumbaa in my head. Yes. With Yep. I'm like, this yeah. is confusing the hell out of me. Like, am I doing the Lion King right now or am I doing a yes. island in, with Ariel like, or something like to that effect, you yeah. know? Yep. But I, I do have a favourite track mm. on yeah. that whole musical soundtrack. And that was some say. I thought that was just like this really cute little rendition. I was like, felt really happy and peaceful. I felt like a little child, quite happy. The rest of it, didn't really care. Hey. Yeah, some say it's quite cute and gossip. I don't at all care for some girls or any of the the ballads on there. And the the tale of Beaujoms, that's kind of a bit bad. But we should probably explain at least uh, the, the basic story where we have Ariel in the ocean dreaming about being with Prince Eric, we have Timun see this boy driving in a car and she thinks, well, I want I want to be with him. I want my life to be like his, all free and wild and all that. And so she prays to the gods and 
they're at first they're a bit like this girl's crazy let's drop a mango on her head but then one of them says no let's just let's give her what she wants and so they instead of the ship in the little mermaid crashing and and sinking in this they ran his car off the road and then so she has to make a deal with Papa Guy and and all that which then obviously leads to later on with the whole I guess the stabbing thing and stuff as I say I've not seen this before on stage but more than ever now I would like to see it uh, and as I also mentioned the the original recording was a, a little bit muffled in the instruments in this we do we, we hear the orchestrations very clearly we hear the music a lot better uh, and the singing as I say I am living for her voice uh, and I'm quite I'm a bit of a fan of, of Lynn Ahrens and Stephen Flaherty Flaherty uh, you know they've they've got some really good musicals. Obviously, this is the the first one of theirs that we've we've touched upon, uh, and there will be more. Uh, and you know, of varying stories and and quality and and all that. Um, but but one thing you touched upon uh, with the whole Disney thing. This was 1989, 1990, 1991 that they wrote this uh, and it was released. Uh, what it produced. Uh, at the same time, that was the Disney Renaissance. They had picked up Mencken and Ashman from Broadway, or off-Broadway, more specifically, uh, for the, the Little Mermaid and Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast. So it really wouldn't surprise me if these two thought, well, let's, you know, let's do a fairy tale and, and show them how talented we are and try to get noticed by them. It, it really wouldn't surprise me. And back then, the industry was a hell of a lot different. You had to actually do something. You had to actually publish work and produce it for companies to say, hey, we want to sign you up. Yeah, no, so that wouldn't surprise me at all if that Disney sound was deliberate to catch their attention, which, you know... Sellouts. It, it took them long enough to do it, and, and, and as someone who recently caught Disney's attention sometimes... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's get noticed by Disney, yeah. Mm. Let's not get onto that. Anyway, so this production in particular, they actually did in the round... And it was a sand pit. Oh, okay. Or a sandbox, if you will. So yeah. the the whole stage was okay. sand, which uh, anyone who knows me knows that I, uh, I'm an Aries, I'm single, and I like walks along the beach on the footpath. Get the fucking sand away from me. It's just <laughs> like glitter. I don't want it. Get it away. You get glitter in every part of your body that you don't want fucking glitter. I don't want to look down when I'm weeing and see glitter stuck to my willy. No, thank you for crying out loud. That's the same with sand. I do not need sand up my bum, plain and simply. I don't know. I don't think you're allowed to hate on glitter. Doesn't it go against, like, everything? Worst inventions ever. I don't know. You're getting it up your willy there, hey? Mm. Hey? Nothing. That's the fucking point. I don't even use it, and I get it everywhere. (laughs) Shit. Anyways. Okay, you're editing this one. What's the male version of um the jazzling? I've never understood. I've never understood that at all. What decorating your bits? Yeah, yeah. Either men or women. Anyways, moving on. I just hope they do do a a faithful adaptation of it, and um. Not like other ones where a character's meant to die in the end and they chicken out. Yeah, see, see, Disney's going to change that. They'll make her live again. Like, you know, like Warner's, Warner's did it with Rambo in the first Rambo. So, you know. What? Well, in the book, Rambo, the, the book, he dies. John Rambo dies at the end. Oh, yeah, he did too, didn't he? But they changed it for the movie so that they could make a dozen sequels. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Thanks for that. But, but I don't think they will here. They didn't with Into the Woods. Okay, who died in that? Apart from me, my hearing. <laughs> the baker's wife? Right. Okay, yep. And you would have known that had you done your research. But as, as you know, I retain nothing and I especially do not retain things like we well, didn't even know it at the time i just want to forget it and and, and move on well i'm, I'm a bit I i'm was... a little bit like the prime minister in in that regard i just just yeah <laughs> no, we've we've already dealt with that move on from now on the first person to bring up that fuckwit's name has to put a dollar in a jar all right <laughs> all right did i give it one star there's one star because I always forget to give stars, so one star. One, you hate poor black people, you poor black people hating racist. I hate rich white people more. I'm, I'm so, yeah. What I was reading when I did my research on this one was they, they made a conscious decision to cast darker people for the poor people on one side of the island and lighter mm. for, the, for the rich people on the other side of the island so mm. yeah there's a bit of social commentary in that oh yeah there is i, I just think it, it's pretty ham-fisted in it so and it's been it's it's been done it's overdone you know so well yeah maybe for now but this was you know 1990 it was written probably 88 89 yeah so it wasn't even so much like that. it's sort been... of like you know there's yeah. a lot of those fairy tales that follow that similar sort of ebb and flow yeah that you know, I definitely agree. It's been done enough times. But then again, it is cute to have something in a place where we haven't been before, right, in a fairy tale context. I don't know yeah. how many fairy tales that, um, you know, Western kids would be growing up with have been based in the Caribbean. Mm. Yeah. No, yeah. no, don't see. So similar. that's, it's I guess, the Cool runnings. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Well, yeah, okay, so it was yeah. based, loosely good based runnings. on a true yeah, story or real people, thing. but yeah. it was turned into yeah. a fairy tale. That was a little bit, not a little bit, that was very disappointing when you, you see the movie and you get all excited and then you go and do the research and realise that the movie's just bullshit. It's a good movie, but it's just, okay, that's not the story. It was never that, yeah, wasn't that good, but anyway. Alan, on that note... Yeah, on that note, we should slide out of here. We should. Are we swapping albums for next week? Uh, yes, we are. Mm. So what shit are you going to give me this week? Ah, I'm going to give you Children yeah. of Bottom is the, name of the, um, is the name of the band. And the album is called Death Crew Hate Roll because it's just going to brighten your day. I'll send you the link. Children of Bodom. Yeah, B-O-D-O-M. What was the album called? I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Death Crew Hate Roll. Hate Roll being one word. Death Crew Hate Roll. And I'm and I'm telling you nothing about it. Okay, well, for my choice, we're going to jump back mm -hmm. to the 50s. Ooh. Yep. Love the 50s. Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly, my favorite. Chuck Berry. Yeah. Give me the 50s, baby. Oosh. And... We're going to go with a little Cole Porter musical. I'm sure you've heard of him. Heard of him. Yeah, very good. That's a gold star to you. Uh, we're going to go with a little musical called Can Can. So get those high kicks ready. Just like when I was at the Moulin Rouge a few years ago. There we go. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Now, I don't know what it's about. <laughs> I haven't seen it in quite a long time. I was, you know, a small 12-year-old soon-to-be gay kid hiring old classical musicals from the video shop. Who knew where I would end up? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so I really think you're going to love this one. It's a classic. Okay, that's right. I have found the original Broadway cast. Anyways, that was an episode. 
Huge thanks okay. to Lara for joining right. us this week. Thank you very much for having me. It's been awesome. Wonderful. Thank you. I'm giving you an A. A for Aaron. Two A's. There you go. I'm giving Lara A+. Plus. Oh. <laughs> Star pupil. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Teacher's pet. Yeah. It's been a blast. All right. Bye. Love yous. Oh, I love you, Lara. Love and you. Gareth, you're pretty cool too. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Zora. Yeah, I know you did that to me recently, accidentally. I meant to say love my work. Was... I did say love your work, and you stopped me at love you. Oh, he's gone now. That's what you did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Gareth. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot. It's been yeah, fun. Yeah, thank you. All right, ta- bye. See ya. Bye.